I'm Mary Angela Abeo, creator of the Faces of Fortitude movement, which is a safe space for faces of suicide and mental illness to share their stories and help each other heal. And this is Face to Faces, a conversation series featuring people from all walks of life, exploring the real human emotions we're all dealing with as the world around us rapidly evolves. I'm glad you're here with us. Let's lean in. I'm so excited to welcome my very first guest, Zach Williams, who is a face in my project, who is a, gosh, an entrepreneur, a huge advocate in the mental health um, arena, um, who has been touched by suicide himself, and who is just an all-around awesome person. So welcome. Thanks for being here. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here, Mary Angela. Great to see you. I'm glad you're doing well in this new new environment we're all in. Yeah. We're not isolating. Right. I mean, and I think the podcast world now is kind of coming to light even more because that's where everybody is turning to talk to people and to hear how people are doing. And so that's kind of my first question always in this podcast is going to be an emotional check-in. Like, how are you doing with all of this? How am I doing? I'm doing well, given the circumstances. Um, My fiance and I realized pretty early on that something weird was happening with the coronavirus pandemic. So we decided to go out, get supplies and hunker down on the earlier end of things. And so... So what day are you now? Uh... Today would be day 20 that we've been in self-quarantine mode. Um, It's going well. We have a 10-month-old son. Um, He's having a blast because we're around. (laughs) Yeah, you're both there. (laughs) Which is sweet. Um, But it's been been interesting. We, We need to be considerate of one another's space as it can be a little crowded with everyone in the house seeking to get all the things we want to get done done and trying to do it remotely and we're managing well um and uh as part of that uh we are devoting as much time as we can to self-care Yeah. What are some of those things that you're doing for self-care? I'm interested because some people have very different self-care tactics. And I think if we can share them right now, (laughs) we might as well help each other. Sure. Important for me uh, for self-care is um, let's see, there's a lot of stuff. Um, Trying to think where's I love that. uh, The gratitude daily exercises around focusing on being thankful and stating a little expression. You could call it a prayer. You could call it whatever you want around that gratitude is, um, is key for me. Um, walks getting out outside. Yeah. Um, that's really important. Having, an opportunity to spend family time together, just focused on being present, playing. Right. Um, 
a key thing for me is seeking to create and cook a variety of food and dishes. Are um, you a cook? Yeah, yeah. I, I did not know that. Yeah, so so that's been um, fun. I've had to get creative. Right? I feel the same way. I'm like, ooh, I am like putting stuff together like a MacGyver right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, as part of that too, my mother is staying with us now. and Nice. So, and, and each of us have a different set of dietary needs. She's a vegetarian. Uh, Olivia, my fiance, has certain restrictions based upon food allergies and things like that. So we get creative in terms of creating dishes that suit all of us and right. fun. And, you know, it, it's just when the opportunity arrives to say, get uh, a CSA delivery, you know, from farms or something like that, that's, it suddenly takes on a whole different meaning. Yeah. Suddenly we're like, Oh my God, the farm delivery is here. And then we've got <laughs> all so excited. <laughs> and we can do all these different things and we're rationing accordingly. And, you know, we've got, four eggs. What do we do with four eggs over the course of the next few days? You know, so, um, so might as well make light of that. It's fun to be creative and scarcity breeds innovation. (laughs) Well, and I think for our generation, like the older generations in like our mid and our thirties and forties, we're like in those places where we're able to be innovative. And I think now, like I have a millennial as a daughter. And so, you know, I get this mom, the store didn't have any bread and she lives by herself. And so there's a lot of, okay, how about you learn to make bread? Like, and that's, it should just mind blow. She was like, what? I could do that. And I said, yeah, you have a loaf pan and everything. Like it's great because it's causing these new kind of uh, mind these mind melts where it's like, Oh, I did not think about making bread cause we are out of bread. And that's actually a really good idea. Like I was the bread at the store was like not bread that I was really like trying to like eat in my house with whatever I was making. And I was like, why don't I just make bread? We have time. <laughs> so yeah, it's just, it's, you know, or, you know, what farm can I get some, some good fresh eggs from and support a local farmer. And you know what I mean? It's just now our whole world has changed. Yeah. I love hearing that you're cooking and that you're doing all these things. What's something, because this is something that I've been struggling with. I'm struggling with not having connection to people. I'm very social. And so I was like, I was telling someone the other day, I was taking a, this is dumb, but I came out of the shower and the light in the kitchen was really good. So I was in a towel and I went to take a selfie because I was like, I'm a photographer. I want to take a good picture. And I looked at myself and I looked really sad and I started crying for no reason. And I was like, why are you crying? And I think that we're all just having these moments where we're like, we don't know what we're feeling. Has there been anything that's been really shitty that you're like struggling with? So I think everybody needs to know that everyone, all of us are struggling right now. Has there been anything that's challenging that I'm struggling with? Um, yeah, I, I think um, it can be hard to feel connected with people and friends and messaging them, connecting on 
WhatsApp or social channels, et cetera, is, is okay. And there's actually been an increase in my doing that. Um, but I'm finding me using screens more and isolating or, or having to isolate at home is okay for me. It's not something I mind, but, um, I'm finding myself spending way more time using screens, watching Netflix, watching things. And, and you know, that in, in ways it's, it's nice cause you get to catch up on things at, at the same time. I'm, I look, I, I use my phone for about nine hours the other day working, sitting there and I'm just, I realize, Oh wow, this is uh, not healthy. Right. So, but it's our only connection to the outside world right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I would say that, um, hearing the anxiety and fear that people are experiencing, especially those, you know, who have, um, compromised immune systems or, or are at risk because they're older. Um, I really feel for them. It's such a shame that we get to the point where the pandemic has broken out in the U S because, um, certain people, uh, decided not to get ahead of the matter and, and provide. And we're all suffering uh, because of it. Yeah. We'll provide proactive measures as a result of information learned, et cetera. So, so there's a level of frustration. Um, that said, um, I am hopeful and, I think being in a position of privilege, I think like many of us are, we have the ability to buy Purell. We've got running water. We've got electricity. There's a whole lot to be grateful for, even though we find ourselves in an isolated state. And the thing that I'm worried about is throughout the world, there are people who are not nearly in a position of privilege that we're in. And, and uh, given everything we've dealt with here and what is a first world country and what some consider the greatest country on earth, I certainly do think it is in many respects. And, and we have everything. And to think if you take that all away and are in a position where you're exposed are needed to go are in a position where you need to go out and work and are not in a position to protect yourself and your family. I, I, that's, that's knowing that is shitty to me, that this is something that's fully preventable, but it requires more and more community organization and consensus. And the term I heard, which I really liked is creative, a, a, <clears throat> excuse me, creative activism. Oh yeah. Just great ways to, take an activist oriented lens towards getting stuff done. I like that. I will amend it with creative advocacy is an important component of that. Right. Right. But, but the doing is essential. Well, because we've got to get creative in how we do it now. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's the hard part is that like my anxiety has been through the roof because now in Seattle, our shelters are closed. Our, methadone clinics are closed, our safe IV sites are closed. And so it's like, 
we're having, I live in the heart of downtown Seattle and we're having, we're hearing sirens, you know, all of the businesses are boarded up and we're hearing that they're being, you know, looted. And it's, it's scary because I don't know what these homeless people are doing and how they're going to survive and what I can do right now. And I think that right now we've got a whole community of people that's trying to help the artists that are trying to help the musicians, um, the POC business owners specifically, the smaller businesses that have just started that don't have access to the larger um, bailouts that they're rolling out right now. And um, we're all just trying to get our takeout from them and support them as much as we can. But it's like, I feel like, um, yeah, we have to be creative in how we do it. And that's, it's hard. We ordered food from a, a Caribbean place down the street, and he was just like bent over backwards, thanking us like eighteen times. And it was—it kind of broke my heart because I was like, Ugh, "Like, how else can we help? What else can we do?" And I think, um, like you said, we just have to have creative advocacy and action—you know, activism—as far as trying to get other people to help that are privileged. Because, you know, I'm haven't lost a job, knock on wood. I'm, you know, at home, I'm not struggling like everybody else is. And um, that privilege, we do have to acknowledge it so we can help other people. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think um, there are certain ways in which we can support and help from our homes. I mean, there's so many different ways we can support and help. I think often something that's not necessarily picked up on by the general public is that what we're dealing with in terms of the economy and the like is a, it's a velocity of transaction situation, right? Cause it's not like the money is disappearing. Yeah. It's just, it's not exchanging hands. And so the key thing is, is if there's opportunities for people to use a service support in that sense, that enables the velocity of the economy. Right. And, you know, keeping those type of things going is actually kind of essential, especially when it comes to services or providers that you're working with that, that need support at this time. We're seeking to order food where we can, order services, you know, still engage in ways in which we were able to in the past and now it might be a little different, but maintaining a sense of velocity if we have means, you know, and we are fortunate enough to have means. And the key thing is, is when things stop, when people stop spending money and the problem is, is that term is misappropriated, right? In which you have the, the public sector indicating, Hey, we want to open things up and it'll just be business as usual. And, and, and that's dangerous. We all know that's dangerous because it will ultimately lead to more people getting sick and people stopping engaging in activity. And, and that ultimately will lead to less, less spending, less velocity, things like that. And without overcomplicating it, the point I'm trying to make is, we need to maintain creative ways to still engage with people, to still be using the services that are important to us as a means of kind of keeping things going during this time. Everything can't just stop. 
We just need to find solutions to support ourselves while supporting our community. Right, right. You know, that might involve giving, you know, whatever we have. If we have someone's right. stored toilet paper, hey, now is a great time. Yeah. To redistribute that story, toilet paper if there's Yes. Need, you know. And distribute give not overprice and sell because I've seen that happening already and it makes me livid. But there was a queer POC business owner that was talking on that on behalf of a um, the GSBA here and um, they were talking about the businesses that were closing and she just recently had to close her business. And she said, listen, all of us can't eat out. We, we can't afford to eat out. But what you can do is you can check on your elderly neighbor. You can buy an extra bag of rice if you see it available in the stores and give it to somebody that needs it on your floor, in your apartment, put it outside their door, keep a distance, be smart. But if we can't afford to eat takeout, you can't afford to do something small for somebody that might need it. Are we even checking on people? Are we, you know, I have, I'm lives in an apartment building with 61 units and the older, and we sent out an email and um, I manage, we manage these apartment buildings. And so it's like, are we checking on people to just make sure they have what they need? And if we have it offering it or sharing, um, that's not going to be an $80 takeout bill. You know what I mean? So we can all yeah. do what we're capable of. Yeah, I agree. That's really what it comes down to is providing support in the way that we are capable of providing support. Yes. While we can support ourselves. Because by, by no means are most people able to prop up the economy you know and i think what we need to right. take we need to acknowledge is we just do what we can right. and it, and you know from my perspective i'm really hoping that this opens up a new paradigm in which how we think about connecting with people how we think about sharing how we think about the distribution of wealth and goods and the like and you know to from my perspective I'm heartened by a lot of activity and I'm disheartened by some, but for the most part, I, I'm, I've seen a lot of positive interaction. And of course it's remote. <laughs> right. Right. But so. seeing, seeing people come out and just show up and appear, you know, take the initiative as part of communities to find and source PPE, which, you know, medical equipment for frontline healthcare providers finding opportunities to develop uh, mental health support groups, things like that. I've just been ex so impressed by the initiative people have taken, even when they might be experiencing trauma or disruption in their life, even when their livelihood might be at risk. They're still going out and they're spending time doing the things that they need to do. And so... Um, it's inspiring to see. It is inspiring. And, and, and from my perception, it's like, there's been no greater time that I've seen in a long while than to be kind of charitable in spirit. Yeah. It's, it's what we all need to give us a, that glimmer of hope too. You know, these big, we have a lot of big restaurateurs here in Seattle that watching how they handle this has been very interesting. I mean, you know, uh, one restaurant that's been old money for Seattle for years closed down, but then kept all of their employees by opening up four pop-ups that helped serve the community, take out bagels, take out food, free breakfasts, and employed all of their people in these pop-ups. 
Yet another who owned several restaurants closed everybody down, laid them off and said, if he did reopen, they'd have to reapply for their jobs. So watching how capitalism is handling, <laughs> is taking over some people's hearts is kind of, it's disheartening on one side, like you said, but it's also uh, been lovely to see on another side. Hey, you know, I see, and I have, I do not envy the, the people who have put their heart and soul into building hospitality businesses, developing and creating restaurants and brands associated with them. And, and to have to sacrifice to the level that they need to sacrifice is, is a lot. I hope that they can, those that are in a position to do so can support their community in the way that they need to, to keep people going through the rough times. Because I see people who work in the service industry, in the hospitality industry, et cetera, they're also on the front lines dealing with stuff too. Yeah. People delivering, people at you know the grocery store. I mean, these are people who are exposing themselves to great risk at every moment. And you know, every moment they're out working. And so I, I think, I, I, I really do hope that we can take a shift towards being afraid and fearful of the environment and, and start focusing on being empathic and considerate and sacrifice where we need to and take a charitable spirit when possible. It's hard. You know, everyone can sacrifice and give in their own way. Right. Could be time, could be expertise. It could be money. It's any number of different things. I, I just, I need to acknowledge that I, I could be spending more time out. I'm not. I could probably be volunteering and I'm not doing what I need to be doing. So, you know, having conversations like this, et cetera, helps catalyze thinking that leads to more action. But we also have to be kind to ourselves during this. It's such a loss for so many of us emotionally that, you know, you can't do everything all the time, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. you're probably, you, you're, you've been more of a voice on social media than I've seen a lot of people, you know, as far as just trying to stay informed. And um, I think right now, I think what, what started this podcast originally last week was when I saw the numbers for this national suicide hotline increase of 300%. Yeah, that's scary for me. Seeing, I mean, there's a couple of things. There's a increased risk of suicide or suicide attempts. There's the uh, substance abuse component. Um, I'm, I'm uh, very thankful. I decided to take uh, the initiative and, and stop using alcohol and drugs to self-medicate a few years ago. And, uh, had I been isolated in this situation when I was actively using, um, alcohol and drugs to support or what I thought would be support myself, um, I, I think it would be an even more isolating experience for me. Um, so, so just want to acknowledge that, you know, there, there, are, I, I really do hope that people out there, um, know that there are support 
oriented resources, especially if they're engaged in self-medicating addiction, those type of situations. Cause this is, this is tough, you know, addictive behavior wants you isolated and alone. And I think that can lead to all sorts of issues associating with depression and, you know, at that worst case, suicide attempts, et cetera. So, you know, I, I think that the communities out there supporting folks are doing everything they can to find digital resources to support people. Yeah. I think um, they're doing um, free counseling on Twitch right now, which was cool that I heard. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I know my therapist is going virtual with me every week, which is great because I, I need it now more than ever. Yeah. What are you doing to take care of yourself? <laughs> um, I, it's funny, you know, I'm quarantined with my husband and we've been married for 22 plus years and he is an introvert, loves um, being by himself, is not very outwardly expressive or affectionate. And so he's having a blast and I am the total opposite. I wouldn't say he's having a blast actually. It's hard on him, but it's, he, he, he's very self-soothing. Um, I'm not, I'm very outward. And so I've been dealing with a lot of um, anxiety and a lot of like, I'm not doing enough. I have this platform with Faces of Fortitude and I have people come to me that are, are hurting. And I often am trying to figure out how to help. And I realized that I needed to be talking to people for myself. I need to bounce stuff off people as I feel them. And um, I needed to continue this conversation and let people know that they're not alone. And that's what this podcast is for because I didn't feel like I was using my platform the way I needed to. And podcasts, man, they scare me. (laughs) It's definitely not my arena yet. And I'm, um, I've been told to do one since I started this project. And my answer always was we have enough podcasts in this world. And my voice sounds very annoying to me. So, but I'm doing it regardless. So um, yeah, I'm trying to take walks. I am giving myself the opportunity to not get out of pajamas and not leave and not go outside one day if I need that. Um, and I'm just giving myself the chance to be messy sometimes because as an earth sign Capricorn, I don't get messy very often. And um, I'm realizing that being messy is something that I need to process. And I also started writing my memoir during this, which is probably not the best time because I'm taking all these skeletons out of the closet of like, childhood trauma and my therapist was like maybe you should take a break (laughs) during isolation so I don't know baby steps I guess um so anyways I think I would love to just end with these lightning round questions Mm -hmm. um uh James Lipton was one of my favorite interviewers ever back in the day and so I wanted to have my own lightning round questions so the first one is your favorite swear word if you have one um my favorite swear word. Uh, <laughs> or phrase, I, I even. Like, I like, damn it all to hell. Oh, yeah. That's a very dad one, by the way. Yeah, yeah. That's very well, dad that of you. Be, that would be darn it all to heck. Uh, oh, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> We're that's, that's, damn. My, that's, that's, that's my swear word of choice now. It's damn it all to hell. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Throw something down while you do it. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, book, music, or movie that is 
a good self-care tool for you right now? A good self-care movie. Or book or music that you're listening to, anything. Somebody on um, Instagram Live this morning wanted to know what music you were listening to. Oh, uh, I've been listening to a lot of kids' songs, you know? So here, here's the thing <laughs> really great for me is I'm revisiting part of my childhood listening to Disney songs with my son. Like Disney movie songs? Yeah. So, yes. you know. That's great. Um, it's There's something Aladdin. very cathartic. Yeah. Yes. Aladdin, um, of course. Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, um, Lion King. List goes on. But they're, I these love are, this. These are songs that I haven't heard in a long time. And I'm singing along with them as I'm making breakfast or eating breakfast with my son Mickey in the morning. I mean, it's pretty awesome. So that's, that's been something that's been surprising and I found a lot of joy in. I don't even have a 10th month old son. My daughter is 23 and I was watching Mary Poppins at one o'clock in the morning, singing at full volume. Ryan had been sleeping. He came out. He was like, what's going on? And I said, it's Mary Poppins. Like, I think there's something right now. It's very comforting to us. So I can't use my child. It's, she's not the reason, <laughs> but I think you're right. I think that's a great answer. Actually. It's, it's a comfort, you know, and you probably knew more words to them than you realized. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So I can much. just kind of mumble along and then, you know, I love that. Okay. So the next one is name three or, if not, or just however many you can think of off the top of your head, influential people um, in your life who are not cis, white, straight men, um, who have inspired you to be who you are today, whether it's a writer, an actor, a director, an activist. Oh, man. Um, I've been very impressed by uh, the mental health advocate, leader, nonprofit executive, Alicia London. Mm, yeah. Um, she runs an organization called United for Global Mental Health. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, she's done wonderful work, and just what she's been doing at present has been really impressive. One, <laughs> <laughs> um, really appreciating the Prime Minister of New Zealand. Um, right. Her name is... <laughs> I'm not going to try to even... <laughs> uh, I mean, isn't it wild that we're seeing all of these these new world leaders though in different lights because of all of this yeah Jacinda Ardern I, I admire her clearly I'm not following her as much as I would to, <laughs> to um, acknowledge um, her full name um, but yeah I, I really I really appreciate the work that she's doing um, and I don't know if they're cis white males but damn, I respect the people who created the Tiger King documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I was so wanting to ask you about that. And I wasn't sure what your response was going to be. Did you watch the whole thing? Yeah. Yeah. It was I'm in, I was like, I still can't decide how much of it is. Re was it a expose? Was it real? Is he still in prison? How much of it was not like, I'm so in shock by so much of it. 
Yeah. So, so Eric, one of the creators, Eric Good, is a cis white male. But then the other. I love that you're researching this right now. <laughs> this is amazing. Good. Yes, but there are other people involved. I think we can we can skip that rule just for the fact that it's a Tiger King and it's keeping so many of us entertained and, and confused right now. There we go. The creators of Tiger King collectively. Um, the, tr- tremendous job they've done. Wow, yeah. I mean, it made me feel less uh, sorry for myself, for sure, on a hard day. <laughs> so, okay, the last question is, if you could have lunch with your younger self, what age would you want to sit down with yourself at? What would you say? And more importantly, what would you eat? Hmm. Um, <clears throat> all right, yeah. So I would sit down with my 14-year-old self. Mm-hmm. I would introduce him to blood pudding, so boudin noir. <laughs> I love that. And so would, specific, Zach. And I would say, don't worry about what people will, will think of you. Focus on what you love doing, even if it's something that you don't think might be the coolest thing. Oh, what is that insinuating? What was not the coolest thing? You like you you like numbers and business, right? And math. Like that. At the time, I didn't. Yeah, I love math. You know, so at the time, I didn't think it was the the cool thing to do. And and now that I've gotten more comfortable and eased into that <laughs> through through my years in my time. Um, it's something that I wish I had picked up on earlier, earlier, because it's just been finding that lane has been really comforting for me. It's just what I know. And it's nice. I so so that's, that. that's what I would have done. I love that. Um, I had one person online this morning ask, um, they said, wanted me to tell you that they loved the posts, uh, the faces of fortitude. Uh, published post with your with you and they wanted to know how you felt about the reactions from people all over to it to it and um, I think you have a lot of new fans since that post and people that feel connected to your story and to the fact that you connected to them and were part of the project and they just wanted to know how you felt about all of that yeah absolutely um, it was great to see reactions from people almost think pretty much positive across the board yeah which, which was lovely to see um it helps reinforce the fact that i need to continue to be vulnerable and just share my perspective and and how i'm feeling um even if it might be uncomfortable at times i think it, it's it's important for people to take a lens of vulnerability if they're in a position to do so right, right. if they're not completely understandable but I think we need more of that in this day and age. And, and at the risk of sounding like a broken record, vulnerability is is key at this time in this era. Um, of course, healthy immune systems are part of that as well. Right, right. We're in that. Yeah, we got to add that now. But I think that's a perfect place to end this. Thank you for that. I think that um, having you part of the project and now in this podcast and just in this Faces of Fortitude family is um, been good perspective for people to see that it can touch anyone and that we're all in this and we're all trying to 
survive um, what life and the world throws at us right now. And we're just doing, at the end of the day, we're all just doing the very best we can. And if some days are better than others, so be it. Indeed. Wanna wanna give a big shout out to Bring Change to Mind, um, an organization I, I work with uh, focused on developing and, and deploying peer-to-peer resource communities in high schools um, and some universities throughout the U.S. and um, also to United for Global Mental Health, an organization on the leading edge of, of policy and advocacy work, uh, both uh, internationally and nationally. and. Um, and just to all the people out there who are doing everything they can to be generous in spirit and give their time and energy to furthering the cause associated with mental health and mental health support. Thanks for being here, Zach. I appreciate you. I appreciate Take you. Care. Take care and, and send love to the family. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for this conversation as part of our Face to Faces series. We hope you'll join and support the Faces of Fortitude community on Instagram at Faces of Fortitude, on Facebook at Faces of Fortitude Portraits, and on Twitter as myself, Mary Angela Abeo. If you'd like to become a face in the project or join me in conversation on the podcast, or maybe you have an idea for a topic we should explore or a person we should interview, please contact us at booking at facesoffortitude.com. And until next time, please have extra patience and kindness for yourself and others.